when that dishwasher isn't in the background. Yeah, I, know. I don't think it is. It's pretty quiet, but. Our dishwasher is working it's overtime in there. Yeah, it's usually not. You can't even hear it. But it's probably hitting something. All right, guys. Welcome to the 13th <laughs> floor. That's enough of the uh, dishwasher podcast. Yes, the dishwasher. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear about our dishwasher. I'm Cece. I'm Alex. And I'm James. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to the 13th floor. Duh, duh. <laughs> I was going to do um, a song. But, uh, I forgot why? The because we like you. Yeah, why? Because we like you. Oh, yeah. Oh, now, I'm going to have that song stuck in my head. You guys, in case you're wondering, today we're talking about some dark Disney facts. And that is, uh, inspired our happy-go-lucky intro today, the famous Mickey Mouse song. Yes, and we also listen to a lot of the TV show Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Oh my gosh, that show is on all the time. It's our daughter's yeah. favorite show. <laughs> we are a Disney household here. But anyway, what's your question? Oh, oh yeah, my question. Wait, do we? Need, oh wait, we already introduced ourselves. We already introduced ourselves. <laughs> we said what what we are. Thirteenth floor podcast. All right, so I've got a quick question for you all, and it, and it pertains to our topic today. Okay. What is the best ride at Disney? Uh. Orlando. Because I don't think any of us have probably been to the California one. Um, Speak for yourself. Oh, really? But I personally like Disney World better than Disneyland. Have you been to Disneyland? Yeah, I have. Oh, well. Dang. Yeah, I've been there. Jeez. Um, my personal favorite at Disney World is the Haunted Mansion, just because it has so much nostalgia. That's a that's an awesome ride. And you know, okay, so I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and drop this fact that I was gonna say for later in the show, since you mentioned Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. This might be something that a lot of people know already. But did you know that a lot of people like to have their ashes spread all over the Haunted Mansion? Yes, <laughs> I did actually. That, that's actually what started this vid, uh, this podcast rather, was a conversation yep. that, that that's where it came from. Yeah. Yep. Did we talk about that on this show already? No, we talked about it IRL. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, but apparently they even have to have like extra security and all that kind of stuff to. Yeah. Uh, they got like a special police. code for it. I don't know. I don't remember what it is, but it's, basically, <laughs> if you're walking around, you're something like eight oh five. Eight oh five. It's like oh, another dead person. <laughs> I know it. the The code according to the Orlando Sentinel. Ash is- Wednesday. Ash Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> It's HEPA. HEPA? HEPA? Yeah. Like yeah. HEPA violation? HEPA cleanup. H-E-P-A. It refers to the powerful vacuum they use <laughs> oh to suck God. up the ashes of loved ones left behind. Can you imagine throwing the ashes of your loved one at this park only for them to end up in a vacuum cleaner? <laughs> well, the, the thing that I wonder is how many times do they not catch it? Like if somebody just has like a little tiny vial. Little bag and they just kind of like sprinkle it all the way throughout the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's oh, what I would man. do. Crazy stuff. Well, if you do it. You could get banned from the park for life. Yeah. So if you do it, do it in the don't, do it on the ride. No, just don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Okay, Alex, what's your or, yeah, Alex, what's your favorite ride? Uh, it's probably a you know it's not outdated. It's awesome still. Space Mountain. Space Mountain's a good one. It's so good. Like when you're when you're going through it and it's, they got the lights going and it's just it's so trippy and it's just all dark the whole time. There's no other ride at it at the time. Mm. And still, there's nothing really. That I can think of that 
trumps it for you. It trumps it. It's just uh. so it's so unique. I mean, there's better rides out there, but there's nothing quite quite the same. Uh, I'll I'll see your Space Mountain and raise you one Splash Mountain. Ooh. Splash Mountain is good. That's another nostalgia one for me because yeah. I was terrified when I rode that when I was little. It's like <laughs> really? the poop out of me. Yeah, I was I scared easily as a child, which <laughs> is weird because Haunted Mansion was my favorite. I don't get it. But Really? So Haunted Mansion is your favorite, but then Splash Mountain scared me. It's terrifying. Do you see how big that drop is? <laughs> <laughs> it is a it is a drop and I guess you can't see what's gonna happen to you. My dad and my no. dad always woke me up by singing Zippity Doodah before <laughs> school growing up. So that's it's a good ride. James, why is it your favorite? Um, I just just the ambiance and the there's a rush when you drop, but other than that, I'm not a big I get motion sick. I'm not a big like roller coaster person. So for me, that's about as, as hard and heavy as I want. <laughs> Okay. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Also, it's Florida, and I don't like being hot, and I thoroughly enjoy getting soaked as a result because, you know. It's- <laughs> you got to sit. In, I think you got to sit in the front to get soaked. Well, I sit in the front, then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was a good question, Alex. Yeah. Um, I guess we're going to hop on in and start talking about the darker side of Disney. So, how dark are your alls? Uh, just, mine's just not that a, dark. Mine's just more interesting. Yeah, you know what? Mine's kind of more interesting too. But there's one particular fact, and yeah, it's incredibly dark. Mine is. I it's kind of like uh, the reason I was glad that I didn't do Vlad because you know it would have just been me defending him. I'm, my, I'm covering <laughs> the man himself, and most of this is just me saying, "Oh, grow up, people who are criticizing Disney." Like that's, that's <laughs> most of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, James, I guess you're going to kick us off today. You're going to tell us about Walt Disney. Yeah, the man himself. I, I, before he starts, I have to say, I'm picturing a alternate podcast, Vampire's Podcast, where James was like, listen, he had that impalement coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, man. Vlad did no wrong. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. go you, Back to you, James. Okay. Well, let's let's start with... The, something that's actually on a positive note, because there is going to be a few criticisms that are legitimate. But let's start with the weirdest thing, in my opinion, about Disney. And I'm going to ask you guys, you guys have done some research, so maybe you came across this. If you didn't get ready for your heads to explode, what was Walt Disney's last word? I did, you know, I did not come across this. Alex, I'm going to guess, you, oh. I'm going to guess, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> kind of pictured, yeah. Alex, any idea? I, I was thinking like Minnie Mouse is <laughs> best girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, he's not wrong there, but uh, no, it's it was very much like the kind of rosebud scene, though, like what you guys just did an impression of. Now imagine this, okay? There's Disney; he's on his deathbed. Well wishers and and close friends and family are surrounding him, and he leans over and he mumbles, and they they listen real close, right? For his last words, and he says, I kid you not, you guys, Kurt Russell. <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? Oh my God. Serious. <laughs> Nobody has been able to figure it out. But well, here's one thing we do know Kurt Russell was working as he was a kid and he was working for Disney. He was doing Disney movies then. That's like how he got his start. So was he. Do you know what he wanted? Oh it's very clear what he wanted. Alex. 
He would. He wanted. He wanted Kurt Russell to star as Mickey Mouse in the live action film. Oh my god! <laughs> Honestly, you know. See, here's here's one of the dark things about him. Which again, if people talked about any other business, it wouldn't be a big deal. Like most of the things that I'm going to be going over, if like, uh, shoot, who's the Apple guy that died? Um, Steve, Jobs? Steve Jobs. If Steve Jobs did any of these things, nobody'd be talking about him. But because it's Disney, ooh, blue, 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 blue. Uh, he did fight with his brother a lot. His brother Roy, uh, and it they would some. It was kind of like you know the bitter divorce where like they they try to make the kid feel guilty. Like you got to go with me this weekend. That's kind of what Disney and Roy would do, like to their employees. <laughs> it's like, are you on Team Walt or Team Roy? Well, I kind of wonder if maybe when he was on his deathbed, maybe he and Roy had not been getting along. Maybe he wanted Kurt Russell to inherit the empire. <sighs> Wouldn't that be bizarre? Wouldn't Damn. it be nuts if Kurt Russell, if flipping Solid Snake, <laughs> was in charge oh my of Disney? Goodness. It'd be awesome. <laughs> but what I'm more inclined to think, though, is that he was such a workaholic and a control freak, which is one of those kind of dark things. I think that even as he was dying, I think he was like planning ahead. Like, no, this is what we want for Kurt. This is what Kurt's going to be doing, and then he died. That's what I think happened. Oh man, yeah, that's was, that's sad. Yeah. yeah, he was ready for that Mickey Mouse cinematic universe. Yeah. <laughs> as much as I love Kurt Russell, I cannot imagine that being your last words. Right? It's so bizarre. Yeah, it's random. Think about how honored Kurt Russell. Yeah. is. Yeah, what a cool dude. <laughs> no wonder yeah. he's America's sweetheart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, some of the other criticisms, this is something, this is one of the few things that I genuinely, I'll criticize Disney over. Um, and, you know, you see this sometimes even today. Sometimes people will be making an animal documentary and you can kind of catch moments where you're like, wait a minute, did they, did they just put that gazelle in front of a lion? Well, get this. You guys probably know this about lemmings, or you think you know this about lemmings. What, what, well, what do you think of when you think of lemmings? That's actually a better question. I think of one lemming jumping off a cliff and then the rest of them following suit. Exactly. Yeah, and I know exactly where, yeah, you're, where you're going. It's, it's fake. <laughs> lemmings don't do that. No animal would do that. It's not logical at all. But it's something that Disney did on purpose to drum up the entertainment factor. They just... They just chuck these poor lemmings off a cliff and they're like, look what happens uh, when one falls. What? Yeah, it's actually yeah, nonsense. they threw lemmings off a cliff. Yeah, they just murdered lemmings to make lemmings more interesting because they're not a very interesting animal, unfortunately. What? Why did they do this with lemmings? They just they, they literally spread the myth in order to make it interesting. Like, it, that's literally all it is. It's like when you watch a reality show and they start fighting about peanut butter or something, and you're like, nobody fights over that. Well, that's literally all this was. This was like the first example of reality TV. They scripted it. It was fake. So they scripted it. Was it for just a, D- it, a Disney TV yeah, show? it was for a documentary, it, it was a called, documentary yeah, called right? White Wilderness, which just the title. Okay. It kind of leans into some other accusations about Disney. <laughs> um yeah one of the one of the big ones let's go ahead and get that out of the way one of the big ones is you know disney was racist and anti-semitic and kind of goes hand in hand with you guys talking about uh splash mountain and zippity doodah because splash mountain is based on song of the south that movie has not been released on dvd or (laughs) (laughs) blu-ray and the main reason for this is because uncle remus and his mannerisms and speech and some of the things that he talk about are not exactly on the right side of history (laughs) 
<laughs> but, but here's the thing. I'm going to defend Disney on this. Not not in the sense that like, oh, I love that movie. It's my favorite movie. Everybody should be forced to watch it or anything like that. But it was 1946. Like, if people judge FDR, you know, who, who's beloved in the 21st century, the way they did Disney, it would be the same kind of accusation. Oh, another great example. He had Nazis over at his studio. He toured the studio to not. He didn't tour it to like Himmler. He didn't tour it to Mingala. He toured it to Lenny Riefenstahl, Helena Bertha Amali Riefenstahl. She was the director for uh, Triumph of the Will. But everybody loves this lady. Like even after the fact, she's been celebrated for for forever as a filmmaker, not as a as a Nazi. Triumph of the, Triumph of the Will is that big Nazi exactly. pop- propaganda yeah. film, and right? She was the director, which again goes kind of hand in hand. It, it's kind of funny. Well, no, I won't get into that simply because it, it could be misinterpreted. But uh, well, no, I'll, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Walt Disney didn't allow women to animate any of his movies. I think it's kind no. Of, they could only they ink. could only ink. I think it's kind of funny that the most famous Nazi filmmaker is a woman, and that she was permitted to, to direct these films. Isn't that peculiar? Like she was, she's one of the most. It, you could say she was ahead of her time, but then you know you're saying something. <laughs> that, that's exactly why I was reluctant to talk about it. But I mean, really, I mean, her filmmaking skills, her directorial skills, are still reverse engineered and talked about to this day. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's a little short of fascinating. And so that's why he toured the facility to her. It was a collaboration. It, it would be like judging someone like the mayor of Chicago today if they had somebody that in 50 years would be, you know, maligned. Now, that being said, we there are some things that even ba- at the time were criticized. For example... Disney and Hitler, they really did get along. <laughs> like, like, I mean, like, Hitler loved to draw the seven dwarves, for example. And, what? you know, he would live. Yeah, yeah. He loved. Oh, my God, Alex. He loved Disney. Well, as you know, Hitler, you know, he, he wanted to be an artist originally. Um, big fan of Disney. Big fan of Disney's style. Uh, they both hate communists. <laughs> <laughs> so they had quite a bit in common. So there was a bit of back and forth. Yeah. Um, that much is not exaggerated or, or false. One thing that is exaggerated that makes me mad, though, is people point out, well, Disney was so anti-communist that he would rat out his own animators to the government. And yeah, yeah, he would. Yeah. But again, looking at it during the lens of history, there was very good reason to do that. It was a genuine concern that people had. So, I, I, again, I don't think of that as something that he did that was inherently evil. What I do think was bad huh, goes hand in hand with this. He actually hated communism so much he, he wouldn't allow his uh, animators or writers to unionize. And he would actually underpay them compared to competitors by putting them under contract where they couldn't you know, look for greener pastures. Now, that's royally messed up. Ooh. Yeah. And he was such a control freak about his uh, copyrights and his patents that he would sue daycare centers, pretty much anybody. Basically, if they you were like a toddler, that. yeah, exactly. They still are brutal about about their branding. Um, yeah, uh, a lot of things, a lot of criticism have to do with the parks. Uh, he was a control freak about the parks. Like he would actually measure steps to the garbage to find like ideal amounts 
ideal distances so people could throw things away but also didn't see too many garbage cans, that's considered a criticism. Again, huh. I, I consider that brilliant. I mean, they still uh, – think about that. Think about when you go to the park. You don't really see garbage cans a lot. It doesn't feel filthy, and yet they're always there, conveniently placed, like when you need one. So I don't think that's bad either. In fact, the more I researched the guy, the more inspired I was. I mean, when he started out, he wanted to be an animator more than anything. And he started his own little animation studio, and he could not find work. He started freelancing out to other people, couldn't find work, went bankrupt, rebuilt the business, was taking showers at truck stops, eating cans of beans because he couldn't afford groceries. And when he finally got his big break, he built an empire. Like, honestly, the fact that there's no movie about this pisses me off. <laughs> well, and I, I really don't know. What's the movie called Saving Mr. Banks? Uh, it's it's sort of about him, but it's really more about his relationship to uh, the woman who, who worked on um, – Mary Poppins. So it's a, it's a oh, really, right. yeah. it's not really a documentary in the sense that it's really focused on a rather narrow, short time scale. Oh, okay. And I know why they don't make it is because they are scared of, of the controversial elements. But yeah, there's a lot of controversial. And, and Disney would never let them make that movie. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. And uh, well, here's another example of, of, in my opinion, people drumming things up. This is considered a dark secret. Okay, get this. This evil Walt Disney character, he lied to the U.S. government. Yeah. I mean, what a monster. Get this. During World War I, he told the Red Cross that he was 18 instead of 16, and they shipped him to France where he drove ambulances and saved people's lives. What a monster. <laughs> I mean, really, that's considered – that's listed – as a, a like a bad like what a bad guy no I mean uh, everything I see about the guy is spun negatively and and I'm not defending some of the things he did but most of them were like um they make sense given the context of of the period um yeah uh, I'm trying to think of like some other other things that he was largely criticized for some of the things involving like the movies themselves like there is a lot of and I don't think this was directly him, even though he was a control freak, so that could be some of it. But some of the movies, there are some weird adult references. There's full-blown boobs in um, the, the Rescuers, and then there's a wiener in Triton's Castle on the VHS cover of Little Mermaid. <laughs> and uh, in, uh, I think it's also the Little Mermaid. Was that the one where the there's a, there's a parson marrying the people? And... I think this is where this comes from. There's a long line of Parson jokes. Like, you know how in the 21st century we have that ever so famous thing, that's what she said? Yeah. Well, before, before the 21st century, it was said the Parson because Parsons were just sort of stereotyped as perverted. Uh, in the original Little Mermaid, the Parson who's marrying the people, he clearly has an erection. <laughs> and it actually, like, it got enough complaints that people... Like they actually changed it. So unfortunately, I don't think there's a, a version we can find. Yeah. Um, one thing that he did, I think that was very cruel. This is this is horrible in my opinion. Uh, again, it, it's always how he treats the people who work under him. Like you have cases of, of of employees committing suicide because they're not treated right, 
and writers and artists being underpaid. Well, this is the worst, though, because this one, you have a face to go with it. And that's Adriana Casalotti. Yep. Adriana Casalotti. Uh, yeah, see, Alex already knows. Um, she was the voice of Snow White. And think about what an iconic voice that is. I mean, you can't get it out of your head. Anybody who's heard Snow White immediately can hear that, can imagine it. Well, here's the problem with that. They didn't want that getting watered down by her being in other movies. So they banned her from doing anything else and just ruined her flipping career. Well, uh, like she was so iconic, they didn't let her do anything else. How sad. <laughs> and she was also, I mean, really, she's in like four other things and none of them were she credited. But yeah, you're <laughs> right. It I was, mean, it's, it was it's all sad. because he wanted to, he pretty much wanted to trademark her voice and sound. Yeah, he, he didn't want it associated with any other properties because then, you know, it would water down the uh, the zeitgeist or whatever. So, yeah. Um, but the biggest criticism that I hear over and over again, and it makes me so mad, is the Donald Duck Nazi cartoon. That's the last one I'm going to cover. Oh, my gosh. Did you know that Disney was such an anti-Semite? And he was. But that he was such an anti-Semite <laughs> that he made a Nazi cartoon. Yeah, he did. An anti-Nazi cartoon. Most of the people that criticize it have never seen it. I've seen it. Uh, it's called Der Fuhrer's Face. It's an it's a, how horrible it was to live in Nazi Germany. That's the point. But people who criticize it, the, all they think of is they see not Donald wearing like a swastika armband, and they're like, "Oh my gosh!" But it's anti. It's ridiculous. Like you, you'd have to have three brain cells to find fault with this cartoon. Three brain cells, or you're a Nazi. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, that that covers it for me. James, where did you get most of your information from? A few places. I got my information from Scribble, Cracked, which I wrote for, haha, <laughs> shameless drop, <laughs> Comedy Central, um, Screen Rant, and Ranker. Okay. Those were the big four. And every once in a while, I'd supplement that with Wikipedia for some details. Yeah. But for the most part, those four. Okay, cool. Well, thank you, James, thank for you. teaching us about... Uh, well, one thing, that I'll just f- finish with this, but I... I heard the rumor, and I don't know where this came from, but some people say that the movie Frozen was created yeah. in response <laughs> to people looking up Walt Disney's head frozen because they wanted to get rid of those searches. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, yeah I don't buy that. Uh, frozen is a really, really, really loose adaptation of a Finnish fairy tale. No, but 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 now that the movie Frozen is there... It doesn't. Uh, the SEO doesn't pull Disney, up. Oh, Walt that Disney is brilliant! Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Okay, I can I can absolutely believe that now that <laughs> you you pointed that out. They want to keep up that image, hmm. that yeah. clean, squeaky clean Disney image. Yes, yeah, so I can I can believe it. Frozen is such a good movie too. It is pretty good. Yeah. actually. I'm surprised yeah. by how good it was. All right. Well, it was good. I guess it's my turn. Yeah. Okay, so I'm talking about some Disney theme park stuff, specifically uh, an abandoned Disney park that Mm. is pretty interesting. All right. What's it called? So I'm going to first, I'm going to mention all the Disney. So when did Disney world open? Disneyland of California was the first Disney park to open in 1955 and Disney world in Florida followed in 1971. Sadly, Walt Disney did not live to see uh, Walt Disney World open. His brother Roy kicked that off. But there are now a total of 12 Disney parks around the world. Oh, 
One second. Our, <laughs> Our sink is draining. Uh, uh, I was wondering what that was. <laughs> yeah. We'll give it just just a second. Just a second. <laughs> Kurt Russell. <laughs> okay. I think it's done. So, as I was saying, there are 12 Disney parks around the world, including one in Tokyo, Paris, Shanghai, Hong Kong. <laughs> that, that, that's not how you end a sentence with a list like that. <laughs> and then obviously oh, the United yeah. States of America. There you go. Um, one of my big sources before I get started, I just want to throw this out there, was a YouTuber called Bright Sun Films. And he posts a lot of really cool videos. I think he's got a series about abandoned places around the world. And he talked a lot about Discovery Island, which is what I'm going to talk about. Have you guys ever heard Ooh. of Discovery Island? No. Well, James, uh, you're in for a treat. Yes. Yeah, the only reason you've heard about it is because I've talked to you about it when I was doing my research. I've heard of it before. Okay. I, supposedly you can see it on the top of one of the rides, but I can't remember which one. You can see it from Bay Lake. I don't know what Bay Lake is. All right, well, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> okay. So Discovery Island, also in the past called Treasure Island and Bay Lake. And if you, if listeners, if you have been to Discovery Island – Back before it closed, and you have pictures, please send them to me. I want to see them before it closed because it's very that it's it's very cool to look look back upon. I thought maybe I had gone when I went to Disney World when I was younger, but my dad says no. Anyways, so Discovery Island was a Disney attraction, not located inside a park. Important to note is actually located uh, on this little island in the middle of Bay Lake which is the little lake that all of the Disney hotels sit around. And it's close to where the Magic Kingdom is and all that stuff, I think. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. Um, so it's this little island inside the center of Bay Lake. And it was basically like a little zoo. It's advertised as a zoological park. And guests could visit and see all these really cool animals and like plant species, like capuchin monkeys, adorable, toucans, Beautiful Galapagos tortoises, lemurs, bald eagles, vultures, and more. Wait a minute. I think I went to this when I was little. Yeah, you could have, James. And if you do, send me your pictures. I want to see them. Okay. It was also a home to the last known dusky seaside sparrow named Orange Band, according to Wikipedia. And he, or possibly she, died there in 1987, and the subspecies of bird was declared presumably extinct a few years later. Sad, hmm. sad face. Sounds like a good, good opportunity for some cloning. Ugh, cloning. <laughs> well, on April 8th, 1999, Discovery Island closed to the public. And then in July that year, they stopped operating it entirely. And they just kind of let it fall to the wayside. And now it's just completely overgrown with trees and plants. And they kind of let nature have its way with the island. Ooh. Yes. And all of the animals on the island, I'm not like, I want to make sure everybody knows they weren't just left on the island to fend for themselves. They were sent to live out the rest of their lives at Disney's Animal Kingdom and various zoos around the country. Hmm. So uh. don't worry about them. They're okay. Most, I'll get into <laughs> that in a second. So why did Disney decide to shutter Discovery Island? I don't know. Because well, <laughs> it was in the middle of a lake. Uh, well, rumors circulated that it closed because, along with Disney's River Country, which is a nearby water park, 
because there was brain-eating bacteria in the little lake surrounding the island. Oh, I heard about that. Yes. Yeah. But I don't think that that's completely accurate. Disney never really gave an official reason for closing both parks, but it was likely due to low attendance, expensive upkeep, and then they had opened Animal Kingdom, and it was basically like a Discovery Island 2.0, bigger, better, mm. more fun. So people really started flocking there, and I think they just wanted to really concentrate all of their efforts on making the Animal Kingdom the best that it could be. And Makes sense. apparently, uh, from what I read, Discovery Island was just basically kind of like a half-day attraction. Like, you didn't have to go there. It, was, it uh. wasn't wasn't big enough to really merit an entire day spent there. And apparently the island, before Disney got his hands in it, it was smaller. But when Disney acquired it, they, like, trucked in all this dirt and made it bigger. Good Lord. Yeah, can you imagine? Anything for Disney. He had a vision. And when Disney was kind of coming up with Discovery Island, he wanted it to be pirate-themed. But when it actually launched, it didn't really. It was just animal-themed. But there is a pirate ship that they had on this little beach off the island, and the pirate ship is still there, but it's, like, overgrown. But that's pretty cool looking. Yeah, I mean, it looks like a a piece of wood with all these trees on top of it. Oh, so that's a little anticlimactic, huh? Yeah, but (laughs) also, I don't think this necessarily contributed to the park closing, because it happened in 1989, but it wasn't good for Disney. Disney got in big trouble after reports of... Uh, rifles being fired at hawks, cruelty against vultures, and destroying ebuses and egret eggs and nests, which are protected birds. Yeah, I found an article posted in September 1989 by the Orlando Sentinel about the charges brought against the park. And Disney, from what I gathered, Disney didn't really ever comment on the charges that were brought up against them, but they initially blamed everything on a misunderstanding, quote, surrounding the conditions of a federal permit that allowed Disney to trap and relocate the vultures. But <laughs> there was there were these claims that they were keeping vultures in this like shed. They had like 70 something vultures in this little shed with no windows. It's really hot and the shed was only like supposed to have three vultures inside of it. They had like 70 something. Oh wow. Oh. Yeah. Cage free. Yeah. So, uh they I think that Disney just kind of insinuated that the vultures were wreaking havoc on the island bothering visitors and other animals and destroying property. So they just kind of beat them to death with sticks, I guess. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. I read somewhere that Disney ended up settling and paid 95,000 to avoid going to court over, over the charges that were brought against them. Exactly. That's one, that's one big criticism I do have. They're such a big business that they're kind of untouchable. Yeah. Which is why we need to be careful with this episode. You guys. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, that happened in 1989. So I don't think that it necessarily had to do with the the park closing in the end, but it wasn't great for Disney. So anyway, Discovery Island can still be seen from various Disney hotels that surround the lake, but some urban explorers have snuck onto the island in recent years. Highly illegal. And I do not recommend anyone that's listening to this podcast try to do this. No, these people did it so you don't have to. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Especially since there are alligators in the lake and the possibility of the brain eating bacteria. Plus, I'm pretty sure they've put up a fence on the dock, which is like one of the main entry points onto the island. So don't blemish your immaculate, clean records, you guys. Just 
watch the YouTube videos that these urban explorers posted online because as Alex said, they did it so you don't have to. That's right. There's a 24-minute video posted by a YouTuber named Matt Sanswa where he and his friend Chris snuck on the island and walked around and you guys guess what Discovery Island looks like now. Oh, Rhone <laughs> Island. It looks like Jurassic Park. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. That's kind of what I thought about when you said leaving the animals to fend for themselves. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, the Jurassic Park strategy. <laughs> yeah, it looks like Jurassic Park. It's really cool. And if you if you watch this video from him, like they walk in this little, they go inside all these abandoned buildings, and they're like the cages where they kept like I guess the animals, and it looks like. A cage where they can There's just raptor. bones inside. There was a bone. There were some bones, actually. <laughs> oh, but man. it's all overgrown and falling to pieces. And it looks like the park in Jurassic Park 2. Is that the one where they go back after? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what it really reminded me of was how I pictured Jurassic Park looking in the Lost World book uh, by Michael Crichton. Have you guys read that? No. I should. Unfortunately, no. Well, you guys and all you listeners, okay, drop what you're doing. After you listen to this podcast, <laughs> and go read The Lost World. First read Jurassic yeah, Park say, and then The Lost World. Are there differences? I like so The Lost like... World more than I like Jurassic Park. Wow. Hmm. So maybe it is worth reading both. <laughs> Just yeah. take my word for it. Read it. Okay, so Mr. Matt Sanswin, his friend Chris, dear Chris, they look around the park. They walk into these abandoned buildings and some of the, the stuff that they find, um, they found like a freezer filled with like flamingo food and looks like kind of like vials of stuff. Like it looks embryos. I, they found Did They put it in a little co-op camp. Well, <laughs> uh, excuse me. It was Barbasol. Yeah, Barbasol. <laughs> right, right. It was Barbasol. <laughs> but another urban explorer, a guy named Shane Perez, trekked on the island back in, I think it was 2004-ish. He has a really cool blog post with pictures that he took. Mm. But he and his friend found baby vultures on the island. They found... Uh, wow. Yeah, they found photos of what seemed to be employees and like a calendar that said 1999, which is the year that the park officially closed and it looks it looks like everybody was there one day and then all of a sudden everyone was gone oh that's freaky very apocalyptic so i know like i think that the the shane perez guy i think that they used a little blow up raft to get over there but Ah. uh wow yeah that's so amazing (laughs) yeah it's really cool um, but the, the video is 24 minutes long and I watched the entire thing. I was mesmerized by it. They, they walk across this thing called avian way, which is where they used to have all these birds and stuff. And it's, and I think at one point, uh, Matt Sansua's leg goes through a, a plank as they're walking across this thing <laughs> because it's like, like the park is falling apart. Like, yeah, yeah it's, it's just been left to die. You know, he's actually been banned. Uh, lifetime banned twice from Disney World Sansua. So that means not only can he not go to the park, but if he dies and they sprinkle his ashes, his ghost will get kicked out. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, that's really all I have about um, Discovery. <laughs> For some reason now I'm picturing Mickey Mouse as like the exorcist. <laughs> the power of Christ compels you. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord, James. Oh, man, sorry. Just hurry away out of the park. 
So yeah, that's that's all that I got on Discovery Island. I wish I could go there just to see it, but it also does not look like it'd be fun to walk around just because it's so overgrown. Like, imagine just like cutting myself on, I mean, on yeah, a tree. Exactly. And then, if, if you get hurt, that's kind of it. That's yeah, scary. if that's the thing, that's the one thing that when I was watching their video, I'm like, if one of them, like when his foot went through the plank, it's like if mm. if one of them got hurt, how are you going to get back out? Yeah, that's all she wrote. Phew. <sighs> well, you ruined one of my other facts, which was about. <laughs> 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 all right, so I guess I'll, I'll take over. I was going to do a little couple interesting facts about the park, but I'll go ahead and jump into one I was going to do at the end about the River Country theme park. So Ooh. there are two parks that have been closed at Disney. So it was closed, let's see, it was open back in the 1970s. And it was about 2001 when it was closed. Uh, interestingly enough, River Country theme park was the first themed water park. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Orlando got created wet and wild a year after. So, pretty interesting. I would never have thought that it took that long to come up with that idea. And now they got Typhoon Lagoon. Yeah, and it was a... Uh, yeah, now they got Typhoon Lagoon, and that was that was kind of what people think led to the demise of River Country. Uh, but but the cool thing about River Country was that it was a it was a Tom Sawyer Huckleberry Finn themed park. So I guess their mantra was kind of like they they wanted a very natural feel to it, and even like the uh, the lake. So like a natural body of water is part of the park, and they actually mm. filter the water just straight out of the lake, which is pretty cool. But after they closed, it kind of led to, similar to what you were saying, brain-eating amoeba. Yeah. Or at least uh. that's the theory, because one kid has died at Disneyland from brain-eating amoeba, and one of the thoughts is that it could have came from River Country Theme Park. But there's no proof. So. And so there's no proof that the kid died? No, or no, the, that that's no, the kid, no, kid died. That's when he got it. The, yeah. yeah, the kid died. They just don't know where he got it. Okay. And they think that yeah. part of it is, one of the theories is that because of, you know, how Disney does their firework shows, is yeah. that they had polluted their own water so bad that since it was intaking natural, like a natural water resources water, and that they had polluted it so bad that they couldn't use it for the park anymore. So the fun fact about their fireworks show, <laughs> this is another criticism of the park sometimes, although they fixed it. They fixed it. See, now if you go to the fireworks show on the river, you'll notice the water gets all bubbly and agitated. That's actually not just for show. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's so yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, do you know why? Yeah, it's to get the ducks off the lake. To get the ducks off because they would roast the poor Oh, ducks. man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 They, they set the fire off and they roasted a family, a family of ducks and they're like, oh, God, we got to figure something else out. Yeah. Oh, man. Could you imagine being that engineer? Like, we, need you to, we need to find a way to scare a lot of ducks at once. Can you do this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw that. Uh, but the cool thing about the park, it, it's a full fledged water park. But it's been abandoned for 18 years now. But, and I just, this is just a recent development. April 19th, all of a sudden, they started demolishing everything and filling it all back in. Did they really? Oh. Yep. April 19th of this year. Or, sorry, April 2019. I, didn't, I don't oh. know a specific day. Oh, okay. Uh, but well, last month, though. Yeah, That's so crazy. last month, 
And it may have been April 19th, actually. But uh, yeah, last month they started to destroy and fill in everything over there. And they're actually creating a um, resort that they're going to put on top of it called Reflections. A Disney Lakeside Lodge. That sounds so tranquil. Yeah, so it's going to be like this 900 uh, hotel room place. It's going to be all fancy, whatever. Not not as cool as a Jurassic Park like We'll never be able to afford a room there. No, definitely not. But I thought it was pretty interesting that up until this year, no one really thought anything was ever going to happen. Well, that's what I thought. I thought, like, especially, like, for Discovery Island, like, the cost of just completely demolishing everything and starting over would be so high. But then again, I guess Disney has all the money in the world. Well, and and also, uh, River Country isn't its own island. Like no, it's is. On, so it's, it's not like a logistical nightmare yeah. <laughs> to do work on. And I, I, I'm sure yeah. it's probably taken over by alligators until they kick them all out. But my big fact, and I've lost one of my pages of my notes. I had it earlier. You have four pages over there. I have three pages over here. What so about something. that one? No. Okay. I had, I'm supposed to have five pages, turns out. Anyway. So, <laughs> anyway, I've got my notes right here. So, did, have you all ever heard of Pirates of the Caribbean? I love Pirates of the Caribbean. First one, yeah. or all of them, or the ride? Not the, the ride, <laughs> not the movies. And I know, and this is a fact that I think a lot of us probably take for granted. But isn't it bizarre that Disney made a series of movies based on a ride? Yeah, and that the first one was great. The first yeah, one was right. Good. The first one was awesome. I had I had a friend that was. Absolutely obsessed with Captain Jack Sparrow when it came out. Wow. But uh, anyway, uh, anyway, uh, the ride opened in 1967. And it was actually uh, the last ride that Walt Disney was involved in making. Huh. And it was the last one that he oversaw to completion. And then hmm. he died. And Kurt or did saw. he? Yeah, or did, <laughs> or did he? he? That's right. That's right. So... Apparently, the goal of the ride was to create a dark and spooky atmosphere. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, anyone that's ridden this ride, it's not spooky. No, it's right? fun. It's kind of it's more fun. fun than all that. But I guess back then, seeing animatronics and stuff like that it might be a little creepy or something. I don't know. But in an effort to make it more creepy, uh, the oh, Imagineers. I know about this. Do you? Okay. I had no idea. The Imagineers developed some skeletons, but upon looking at the ride, they realized that these skeletons are, they look really hokey. Like, they just do not look good. So, what's better than a fake skeleton? I know it. (laughs) A real skeleton. Not just a one. The entire ride. They go to UCLA Medical Center. And just buy a whole bunch of skeletons. That's Real. better than grave robbing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Real skeletons. So, yeah, pretty creepy, right? <laughs> Maybe a little frowned upon, especially today. See, you can't you can't drop your loved one's ashes in the haunted mansion, but you can donate your loved one's skeleton. I mean, I don't that think would there's be a better way to fun. Go. That'd be yeah. great, yeah. It's like like, look at Grandma. She's happy. She's dancing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, obviously, once ta- once technology got there, they were able to remove 
these uh, skeletons. Or did they? They had to. Actually, kind of. They had to. Kind of. Okay. Well, Disney did get rid of most of the skeletons. They did keep a few. The most prominent one is a head, a skull and crossbones, that's mounted over this like uh, bed in what they call the treasure room. And it's and, uh, and as the name implies, it's this giant room filled with treasure. There's a skeleton laying in like it looks like a bed almost. And mm. the headboard has a skull and crossbones. And it's very clear. Just looking at the picture, it's like that that head is not the same as the rest. Ooh, Says there's who? something almost occult about that. Says who? Well, there's also there uh there's a guy I'm um, blanking on his name. But there's a guy who wouldn't investigate. This is the skull and crossbones is a well accepted fact. It they just not something they removed when they did the removal of all of the other skeletons because it's mounted. It's not something yeah. they can pop out of place. It's a huge problem. Yeah. It, it, Atlas Obscura and DisneyDose.com both say this is true. They're corroborating your story. Yeah. yeah. There's and not only that, they, I mean that one is fake. So there's been a uh, fire marshal that's even looked at some of these skeletons and he says that the the actual skeletons or some of the skeletons look like real like the mm. the markings on them the insides of them look like something that wasn't made fake but real Freaky. and that 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 applies to the head the skull two skulls that are on a uh, on a barrel at one point in the ride and there's also a rib cage that i believe a tree is fallen on top of and that they there's been uh, I'm trying to remember. I need to look it up real quick. But there's this guy who did. He went and investigated himself, and then he went and got one of the what is it? What they're not called employees. They're called cast member. Cast members. A cast member at Disney was also able to verify that they were real. Interesting. Yeah. So there's one widely accepted that's real, and that's the one on the headboard in the treasure room. But then there's a few others that are lingering around. That seem to have been "quote unquote" missed when they removed them from the ride. Hmm. Now I just want to go ride it and like find them. Right, and it's weird because they've made so many changes to the ride. They've got then. a Johnny Depp animatronic. They've got now. A Johnny Depp animatronic. Oh, the pirates used to chase women. Now, now they, they yeah. yeah now they chase food. It's uh interesting, and I can't imagine anyone getting by with that nowadays, but Disney is still getting overlooked for having a head. They said that they yeah. sent the bodies back to their home countries to be buried. 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 Uh, but, you know, there's still something around the park. They fed them to Pluto. Come on. You know, there's been quite a few deaths at the park. There uh, have Oh, been. yes, there have. I, I was going to touch upon them, but they're just a little too depressing. Well, uh, I'm not going to get into the too much of the details, but have you heard about... Oh, man. My notes were cut off on this one. Have you heard about Debbie Stone? No. Who's Debbie Stone? So, it's this lady that (coughs) died at Disneyland in 1974. Oh, yeah. I remember this. So awful. Yeah. So, I'm not going to go into it too much because I don't want to depress everybody. But she she had a position on this musical show called America Sings. I guess it's like one of those typical things you see in a a theme park where they perform and that kind of stuff. So... 
she was at this thing called the Carousel Progress. I guess it's a a ride, or maybe it's a portion of America Sinks that that she was working at. And at some point, there's all these walls that shift and move. They're rotating. Mm-hmm. Well, she they don't know what happened, but she got caught between some of the walls. Ooh. Now, yeah. some people wonder: was she pushed? Yeah, I've Did wondered she that try to make a jump in between and miss? And so it's like this really kind of big question mark because no one really understands how she could have gotten over there and yeah. why because she she knew better. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, and and it had to be painful. Oh yeah, being crushed. Yeah. People, have, yeah, that was one of the things I read. It was, it was not a good way. No, to go. Um, but they, but one of the urban legends about this is that some of the cast members that work in that area claim to hear the words "be careful" sometimes. So it's her, her ghost. Yeah. Who who is that according to? <clears throat> That's just the urban legend in the area. Yeah, as purported by cast members. Yeah. Most of it's a list I found written by. Well, I've lost all my stuff. Well, this is on a this is on a big list by Michael Lewin, and it was actually from a website called thegamer.com, But he has like these fantastic lists that are very well researched. But uh, I did a lot of supplemental research on various other sites, and especially the only place I could find the information on uh, the Close Park uh, River Country was on Wikipedia. I couldn't find it anywhere else. But Wikipedia was the one place that said, oh, hey, there's actually something being built here. It's not still close. Huh. Yeah. I couldn't find it anywhere else. Uh, but hmm. I really did want to give you all one last. Oh, well, I want to tell you all one piece of irony uh, real quick. So there's this thing in the Discovery Island area called the Tree of Life. Discovery Island as in, in the Animal Kingdom Park. Right, right, right. So it's yes. in the middle. It's in, it's in Discovery Island is in the middle of Animal Kingdom. Sorry. It's a nod mm. to the old Discovery oh. Island that closed. Ooh. Fun fact. Makes I sense. can see why I was confusing people. Yeah. Um, so there's this giant, beautiful tree with animals carved in it, mm-hmm. both living and extinct animals. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing is, is it was built around an oil rig. The uh-huh. molding. So this tree... Is built and molded around an oil rig. Weird. Yeah. So this tree dedicated to life is built around something that <laughs> destroys the environment. Good well, lord. Not to mention the fact that the oil is made out of dinosaurs. So some of the extinct animals are probably in the tree. That's a very <laughs> good point. But I really did want to get to what really is probably the most evil thing that's ever happened at a Disney park. Ooh. I know. So did you know... That the timers on the rides are always wrong. What do you mean by timers? So, in an effort to get you on a ride that's not popular and make it <gasps> seem popular, oh they increase the time gosh. in order to make a ride seem like it's not as bad as the weight really is. They'll decrease the time. Not only that, they will pump the smell of like candy and food into the park which is a well-known thing that they do like especially at the entrance of the park yeah uh but they do it throughout the park so that you buy more food wow (laughs) isn't that the most diabolical thing you've ever heard 
Yeah, that is some <laughs> next level like people hacking, man. Yeah, yeah. So low traffic rides, they increase the wait time to make it seem like it's more busy. Man. And then high traffic, they they decrease it so they can get more people in. What's the like? I don't understand the point of doing it on a like a ride that's already got so many people on it, like just to get people to wait in line. Like, gotta, gotta get people on the rides. I mean, so you know, you gotta think about the park. It's packed all the time. Yeah, it's you gotta have people in line so that the packs so that the park is navigatable is not a word. But I can't navigable. Navigable, yeah, that's that's a word. Navigable. So I mean, that's my theory on them decreasing the time. Is it's got to be to get people filtered into those so that everything else isn't so busy. Yeah, you know, the fools it's kind that are willing to wait in two hour lines. Yeah, I was gonna say it's kind of amazing. You hear about people getting trampled at like nightclubs and malls sometimes, like over panics. I don't think that's ever happened at Disney World of all places. So that's kind of amazing how they manage humans. Traffic. You just yeah. tra- you just trap a couple hundred people in a line for a couple hours and you're good. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, I I read somewhere that I don't know when this happened and I can't remember who who said it, but there were apparently really wealthy families that were paying disabled people to be a part of their family so that they could get on rides oh, sooner. Oh yeah, no that's that's the problem. Yeah, and Disney had to alter their, uh, I guess their disability policy. disability policy to account for those people who were taking advantage. Yeah, that's Man. that's so that's so lame. I was gonna look up what those what that guy's name was that did the thing, but I'm not gonna remember. Did the thing? Yeah, what are you talking about? Who did the Who did the uh, skeleton research? Oh, oh, pirates! Uh, you're, you're not typing. I think that, James, if you could go to any Disney park anywhere in the world, which one would you choose to go to? I think it'd be kind of fun to go to the Paris one just because, like, I imagine it would just be a little different. Not to, you know, it's literally like the quote in Pulp Fiction. It's a little different. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be kind of I would want to go to Tokyo. Uh, see, that, oh, was, that yeah. was a close second me for me, yeah. I'd want to go to Tokyo. James, you know what I think that you should do when you what? get married someday? You should get married at Disney World. Uh, why? Throw yourself <laughs> That's a, good a beautiful Disney wedding, and oh, you'll invite man. us, obviously, so that we can go oh, and watch you tie the knot with the princess castle in the background. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people do that. It's so oh. bizarre. People... People who are into Disney are into Disney. It's true. People, I've got some friends who are absolutely obsessed with Disney and wouldn't think of going anywhere else on vacation. I love Disney. I don't think I'm that into Disney, but. All I really, I just want to go back for the, uh, what's that delicious drink with pineapple juice in it? Uh, I know it's, it's a pineapple whip or something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Pineapple whip. I I would want to go back for the food and wine festival at Epcot, which Alex and I have been to twice and it is so amazing. Highly recommend. You know, it's funny. I thought this was going to be us like assassinating Disney and Bob Iger or whoever in a hit squad after us and it's actually more like uh, disney did nothing wrong here's a disney commercial we love Disney. go to disney <laughs> go to disney world guys 
is yeah. the most magical place on earth. Yeah, now featuring yeah. Cascadia Sangria at Geyser Point Bar and Grill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man! But uh, oh, I I remember that that guy that did the research on the Pirates of the Caribbean was a guy named Jason Petros. Uh, hmm. He was off. Of, he actually had has a uh, podcast called Ears Up. And they were able to conclude on on an episode that there was exactly three denizens of Pirate Town that were previously living. So, there you go. Weird. Thank you, Jason. What is Ears Up about? Is it just about Disney? Well, no, it's not just about, uh, you know what? You know, it sounds to me like it is. It sounds to me like it is. I look at E-A-R-Z. Yeah, sure enough. It's literally a Disneyland podcast. Bizarre. I would listen to it. It's amazing. But there are some other reports that looks like. But, you know. Fun fact, people whose ashes are dumped at uh, the Disney ride, they actually have to serve Walt in the afterlife. Like, uh, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gravy. Well, guys, that's our Disney episode. Yeah. Man. job, you guys. This was fun. Yeah, that was way less dark than I expected. Yeah. Hey. Grab our vase. We've got to pick out our episode for next week. Have we been adding any to this? No, we, we haven't been... because nobody's been sending us any oh, suggestions. I get a request. I'll, I'll send it to you guys later. Yeah, send it to me. Uh, I've actually got one other one too. But if you listeners, if you guys have any topics that you want us to talk about, send them to us. You can direct message them on Twitter to us at 13th Floor Pod. You can email them to us at 13th floor podcast at gmail.com. And if you have any interesting stories, it doesn't have to be about Disney world. Send them to us. We want to read your stories on a future episode. 13th floor podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Okay. So Alex, you picked out an episode. No, no. Yeah. I'm getting ready to shuffle through it. Okay. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. And what then, are we, what are we doing next week? I will once again, comment like I do every episode on how overly just expensive go, this uh, face just, is for this. It was a $10 vase. $10. It could have been a cup. <laughs> Hypnosis. Ooh. Interesting. Oh, man. I mean, this can be as dark or as funny as we want, I would imagine. Because I think this it's probably be, goes everywhere. It's probably going to be a little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Hypnosis. Oh. Hypnosis. So, you guys, um, listen for us next week. We're going to be talking about hypnosis on the 13th floor. Ooh. Our music is Signal by Grant Cook. You can find him on uh, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, anywhere that you can find music. That's right. Yeah. So until next week, you guys, keep it strange. <laughs> keep it strange. Russell.